Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. In today's episode, I have the amazing Jacqueline De Gregorio, who is a business coach, speaker, and best-selling author. Jacqueline and I have an awesome conversation in today's episode, and she shares so much gold about how to step into the seven-figure CEO version of yourself, as well as some of her awesome manifestation tips. Jacqueline is the founder of Clarity and Action Consultant consulting and helps women build successful businesses so that they can positively impact their family, their community, and the world. Jacqueline started her entrepreneurial journey at a very young age, at just 21, which is crazy, and has so much so much value and so much gold to share. I know you're going to get so much out of today's episode. And as always, if you're loving this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. Your support, your feedback is so appreciated. And let me know when you listen by tagging me on Instagram story at the spiritual boss babe. So without further ado, let's welcome Jacqueline onto the show. Hello, Jacqueline. I'm so excited to have you on the show and I can't wait for everything that's going to unfold in this amazing conversation today. Thank you so much for having me. It's truly an honor to be here. Yeah, I'm so pumped. So tell me a little bit, I guess we'll just open it up to, I would love to hear a little bit about like what led you to doing the work that you're doing now. And since it's a spiritual boss babe podcast, there's a lot of boss babes listening, wanting to live out their purpose. And I always like to open it up with this question to hear like what, what your journey was like to becoming a best-selling author and doing the amazing things that you're doing now. I'm sure there's plenty of backstory behind it. Oh yeah, as you know, and I'm I'm sure you've heard so many stories and your own experiences, but the journey is the best part, even though it's the hard part. So for me, my journey started when I was in college. I was a junior in college and I was doing a summer internship. And at the time, I thought that my dream would be to work in corporate America and do marketing. I was marketing an international business double major, and I landed this dream internship that I worked so hard to land. And a couple weeks into it, I'm like, this is it? This is what I thought I wanted? And I feel like so many people have that moment in their lives where they thought they wanted one thing and they got it. And then it's like, really? And it was this really scary moment because I felt this pull, like I need to start a business. Like I'll never be fulfilled working for someone else. I am just seeking this fulfillment that I know I will find by helping people and by having freedom and all these things that entrepreneurs have. And so 
I decided that summer that I was going to start my first business. And I was going into my senior year of college at Georgetown. So I went back to school. And like the first day I got there, I remember I registered for my LLC. And I was like, I'm ready. I'm a real business owner now. And at the time, I leaned into what was on my heart. And that's what I always recommend. People are like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. Like whatever, just feels right, do it. Mm -hmm. And so for me at that time, it was focusing on food and body image and eating disorders because I struggled with an eating disorder in college. And it's something that so many of the women around me could relate to. And I just kind of started talking about it and trying things. I had so many failures. Um, I I talk about them really explicitly in my new book that just came out. Um, It's called Stop Getting in Your Own Way. And like the whole introduction is like the biggest failure I ever had. And there were some really low points. And each of those failures was another lesson. And I feel so honored to be able to do the work I do now because it led me here. And I work with female entrepreneurs and I help them grow their businesses. And the only reason I feel like I'm able to do that is because I get it. Because I've been there. Because I know what the journey's like. I've been in business for almost 4 years now. And looking back, those experiences were what prepared me. And it's like that metaphor of the valley and the mountain. And you go through the valleys first. And that's how you climb your mountain because of those lessons. And I'm just so grateful for that journey, even though there were times where I wanted to give up. And honestly, there are still times where I'm like, this is really hard. You would think it would get easier. It never does. There's always a new challenge and something else that scares the heck out of you or makes you confront your limiting beliefs. So it's still Mm -hmm. a journey. And I think I'll always be on it. But um, just leaning into entrepreneurship and following my dreams at a young age is something I'm so thankful for. And I hope if you're listening to this and you haven't quite taken action yet, just start and just do something and stop putting the pressure on yourself to succeed immediately and know that it's going to take time. And that's just a part of it. And it's actually a good thing. Yeah. And like, stop trying to be perfect and just take messy action. That's like what I always say. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. Because if you try to be perfect, you're going to be like, you're never going to start. Exact perfectionism is the worst. Yes. So what are some of like the biggest lessons you've learned? Oh, so many. <laughs> so many. I feel that a lot of the lessons are mindset related, even though there are strategic lessons I learned about pricing and about market research and mm-hmm. things that are also important. A lot of them really went back to my mindset. Like one of the biggest ones for me was I was always an achiever. That's like my Enneagram. I don't know how to say it. I should learn how to say it because I'm always on podcasts. (laughs) But it's the achiever, like number um, three. And so my whole life, I thought that the reason I achieved goals was because I worked really hard. And so like as an entrepreneur, my first thing was like, you have to work really hard. And so I started working 12-hour days and like seven days a week, the whole thing, like grinding, hustle, like fully subscribing to that mentality. And it's led to a lot of burnout. And I'm usually able to correct it when I feel it. But then what happens is like I fall back into it. So like I'm... Okay, I know I'm burnout. I know I need to slow down. I'll tell myself like I'm not going to work more than 40 hours a week. And then I get really excited about a new idea or a new project. And I start like working all these hours again and kind of taking out that fear of what if I fail, which we all have. And it's something that I still face, even though I know failure is so important and I talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. I tried to combat that by working more and thinking that if I only worked more, then I, I, I'll just succeed because at the end of the day, 
hard work equals success. And what I really learned in the big takeaway for me is, yes, I do think it's hard work to be an entrepreneur. But the way I look at it is it's not hard work in the sense of you should be working 12-hour days. Mm -hmm. It's hard work in the sense that you commit every day to your dreams over and over and over again. Every time you fall back down, every time you have like the worst mindset, you're in your own head, like you recommit and, and you keep going for it day after day, even when it's hard. And that's what is the hard work about it. Mm -hmm. And because that's there, it doesn't mean that more hard work leads to more success. Like there are only so many hours in a day. And when I finally let go of tying my hours with dollars, that's when I really started to see momentum in my business because I realized it's about focus and alignment and prioritization and hiring and like Mm -hmm. making decisions from the seven-figure CEO, not from the, you know, scared little entrepreneur that's barely making enough money to pay her bills every month. And so really stepping into who I want to be and letting go of that hard work hustle mentality has been one of the transformational learnings that I would say made a huge difference over the years. Oh my God. I love that. And I love how you said like stepping into the seven figure CEO, because all I talk about is like how to like stepping into who you want to be. And And it's so scary, but so amazing at the same time. What are some things that you've done to step into like that next level version of yourself? So the first big scary thing that I did was hire someone to be on my team. And the first time I did that, it was in a small capacity. I started where I was. I didn't go from no employees to a full-time employee. I hired a part-time virtual assistant. And this was something that was in my budget. And I would argue is probably something that most of you can find in your budget if you don't already have it. My virtual assistant is in the Philippines and she is absolutely fantastic. And um, most Filipino VAs are between 3 and $5 an hour, which is actually like um, a pretty good wage for them because the dollar is so strong there. And so it's really fantastic because I get to help her change her family's life. And she like tells me all about... She might be listening to this. If you are, Lisa, I love you. And it's an honor (laughs) to work with you. Um, But she tells me about all her goals and like how me employing her is able to really change her family's life and it changes my business. And so that first step was really scary because even just like committing to a small wage for someone else is... It's just on another level. It's, it's mm-hmm. not just about you anymore. It's so much bigger than you. And then once I realized how much it helped me to have someone helping me, I was like, I need more. Um, and one of my favorite books is called Rocket Fuel by Gina Wickman. Have you ever read that book? No, I haven't. So I'm really excited to talk about it on the podcast because I think it'll be really helpful for a lot of our spiritual boss babes. So it's basically this content. It's this concept that most entrepreneurs are visionaries. Mm -hmm. So visionaries are the people who have the big ideas. Um, The way that Gina Wickman describes it is the visionary does the what and the why. And visionaries need a partner called an integrator. And the integrator... That was life-changing for me too. Yes. Who does the um, why and the how. So I'm sorry. the, The visionary does the what and the why and the integrator does the 
who and the how. So I hired an integrator um, and it has been so fantastic because now I get to operate in my zone of genius and do things that I like doing, do things that I'm good at, like working with my clients, giving speeches, doing podcast interviews, posting on my Instagram, things that I genuinely enjoy. Mm -hmm. And other people do the stuff that I don't enjoy as much that needs to be done for our business to run and continue to grow. So that was really scary. And I hired her full-time, which was even more scary because having to make that financial commitment of someone else's paycheck for their full-time living is really a big step. But I know that the seven-figure version of me does that. And so I'm all in. I'll make a way to find a way to make it work every time. And so I encourage if you're listening, whatever your goals are, and it doesn't have to be the seven-figure CEO, it might be the six-figure CEO, but what would they do? And how would they get help? Because you can't do it alone. And that really links with the idea of that hard work and hustle isn't really the answer. You Mm -hmm. need a team to really make an impact. So that's been a huge step for me. Thank you so much for sharing that. This is literally something I've been talking about a little bit lately because I too have literally built like been building the dream team in the past year. And it's been a freaking game changer. Like I don't even know how I did half the shit that I did before. So true. I was just thinking about that today. If I had to go back and do it all, like, I don't know how I would. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I have no idea. I have like two assistants, sales and marketing, copywriting. Like it's a game changer. I love it. it. So anyone listening, like if you feel like you can't do it alone, hire before you're ready. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And don't make a stupid financial decision. Like I think it is helpful to have a little bit of savings in your business so that like you don't have so much pressure on Mm -hmm. every sale because you have to meet payroll. But I do think hiring before I was ready has been transformational for accelerating growth. And you will feel growing pains, but growing pains are a good thing because it means you're growing. Mm-hmm. And I also started with one VA. Yeah. And, you know, grew from there. Yeah. So I think that's a great place to start. Where, like for people who want an integrator, because I know the first time I heard about an integrator, I was like, that, that is what I need. Um, where would you recommend people like how they go about finding the right person? Yes. <laughs> so... It's really important to understand their strengths and make sure that they're actually suited for an integrator. So I really recommend reading Rocket Fuel. And if you're a little bit more advanced, um, Gina Wickman has another book called Traction. It's a bit of a tougher read. It's like a textbook. Yeah. But it goes even more into the visionary integrator and also talks about like just how to manage your team, all of the meetings and really about planning and meeting goals. And it's really good. So I would first like understand on a deeper level what an integrator does and what their role is and make sure it's the role that you actually need. Because sometimes I talk to my clients and my one client's like, I think I just need like another account manager or I think I just need a salesperson. Um, And that's okay too. At some point, you're definitely going to want an integrator. And I think the sooner the better. I always recommend like, even if it's like two or three hours a week, like, could you get an integrator just to manage your calendar and make sure you're like focused on the right things? Um, But look at their personality types of the people that you're interviewing. Like I would honestly ask for their Myers-Briggs. I'm really into that. And seeing how my integrator's Myers-Briggs is like different from mine. And therefore Mm -hmm. we have different skill sets and also have conversations about what they're actually good at and, and not like feeding them like 
here's what I want you to be good at. Like genuinely, like, are they good at the things that you are not good at? Which for me, it's like, Ashley, my integrator is really good at managing people. She's really good at like being on time and being scheduled and having everything mapped out. And I'm like the ideas person going from plane to plane, interview to interview, like totally in the clouds, like Mm -hmm. not as much on the ground of like, let's plan every minute of this day. And so I need that. So now my whole calendar is like blocked out for 40 hours with exactly what I'm going to be doing. And we (laughs) talk about what are the most, what are the most important factors. And it's, it's, it's so life-changing. So I would really hone in on their skill set. Um, but I would just start with a job post. And here's the thing about posting for jobs that I think is really free. You don't have to hire someone. So if you post and you know you don't like any of the candidates, like that's okay. Post again in a couple months. Like it's not like you're immediately committing just because you put it out there. And you can also look in your network of people you know as well. You know, there might be someone who you know who would be a really great fit for it, um, who you already have built a relationship with. But of course, you want to be careful when mixing friendships or family with business to make sure that it's not a negative decision that might Mm -hmm. weigh on you. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you so much for sharing that. I feel like that's like a big, definitely a big step for people like stepping into their next level. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's just so helpful to have a team supporting you. Yeah, nah, so true. So what are some things that you really work a lot with your clients with? Yeah, so I am actually pretty broad. So I work with... Uh, well, actually, I, I say I'm broad, but then when I like think about it, who, who do I actually work with? It's kind of specific. I work with female entrepreneurs who have been in business for less than two years um, and are self-funded primarily. So um, not like startups raising capital, but more so like women who have this big dream and this big idea. A lot of them have a brand with a story behind it, whether it's a product or a service. It's usually something that comes from a passion of theirs, something where they're a personal brand in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I literally help them on everything because like we've kind of talked about a little bit, entrepreneurship is really just like a personal growth journey and it's so holistic. And so we work on the strategy and the action plan, but we also work on mindset and all the things going on in that journey um, inside your head, which is keeping you um, stuck where you are. And it doesn't need to because they're just blocks that can be moved. So it's kind of that holistic approach, which I think is the best approach because one without the other, it's like if you just... And, and I'm curious your opinion on this, but if you just kind of sit and dream, like nothing's going to happen, you have to take action. Mm-hmm. But if you just take action and you don't have the right mindset, like nothing's going to happen. You're exactly. Just fail. <laughs> so yeah, that combo is kind of where I think entrepreneurs need, especially women. Yeah, I totally agree. Like I was one to be constantly chasing the secret strategy and doing, doing, doing hustle mode. And I kept thinking like that there, that everyone else like knew this secret strategy that I didn't know. And, you know, this person will have the answer for me. And I realized that it's definitely a balance, but I believe personally that it's like 90, 80, 90% energy and mindset. And the the rest is the strategy. And once you have the energy and the mindset down, the strategy, if it's aligned for you, falls into place. I 1000% agree. I think it's just about like taking action in some way, like showing the universe, like, Hey, I'm ready. Like I'm showing up. It doesn't really matter what the action is. And I think when I first got into this world, it feels like you would agree on this. People kind of preach that there is the secret strategy. So the reason Uh you probably thought there was is like, all of the marketing (laughs) and the like webinars that you hear, that's like, this is it. This is going to make you a million dollars overnight. And I was just so like engulfed in that world. And Mm -hmm. I didn't understand like 
what is my voice and what do I believe? And I'm so glad I was able to find that, but it, it did take time. And I realized like, I don't believe there's one strategy. So sometimes my clients will be like, what do you think I should do? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you could do any of the choices. Like it, yeah. it's not like there's a right way. And, and I used to believe when I first started that there was a right way, like this works. Same here. And now I'll say like, this is what worked for me, but if that feels aligned for you, you should totally do it. And yeah. so like, it's such a cool shift to be able to like, step out of that world of like masculine energy and this is the way and strategy action is the only way and more into mindset and more into alignment because it just feels so much more authentic. It does feel so much more authentic. And I'm right there with you, like same thing. There's no one way. It's like, this is what's worked for me if that feels good for you. or And a lot of it's like trying it, trying things out, especially yes. when you're starting out. Like, I mean, I can't even say, I can't even say like how many things that I've tried and, you know, seeing what worked, seeing what didn't work. And there have been strategies that I followed from people that worked really amazing. But at the same time, I was in a different mindset and there have been other things that I tried that didn't work for me that worked for someone else. And so I wish it was that easy of like saying, oh, here's the thing. But like, I feel like when your mindset and your energy are on board and your belief in what you're doing, it like, it really, everything begins to fall into place and it is a journey. And when you believe your success, (laughs) totally. And when you believe your success is inevitable, like it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter if you have to try a bunch of things. It doesn't matter if it takes longer than you originally planned because you care so much about your dream and you truly believe in your heart that you're going to achieve it. Like nothing else matters. Yeah. Yeah. And going back to like the team stuff, like I feel like uh, since I let go of things that I wasn't amazing at, (laughs) that really helped too, because you have more energy to shine in your zone of genius. So true. Like I should never be held accountable for graphic design ever (laughs) making things on Canva, like not my strength. Why would I spend hours doing it when someone else could do it in 20 minutes and it could look a hundred times better? Yeah. It's funny. That's one thing I am really good at that I love. (laughs) That's good though. And then you lean into it. Uh, Yeah. I've had other people make stuff and I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) But see, and then like, that's the thing, like you just intuitively know what you should be doing. Like when people are like, what should I outsource? Like, sure. I can tell you a strategy for documenting everything you've done in the past week and breaking it into these categories to see, you know, what do you love doing? What do you hate doing? What needs to be done by you? What doesn't? And that's all really great. But at the end of the day, like you probably know what you're good at and what you like. And you can probably like recall that pretty quickly and easily. Mm-hmm. And you probably also know the things you absolutely hate doing. So start there, like do the things you love, like all the things you hate and the things that fall into the middle. Like you said, just try things out and you'll quickly realize like when you tried to outsource graphic design, Hey, I actually prefer doing this myself. Yeah. Awesome. Like I tried to have my VA schedule my Instagram captions even when I wrote them myself and it still didn't feel authentic because like I had to write them ahead of time and like block it. And now I just like writing them when I'm going to post them because it feels genuine to me, but I would never have known that if I didn't try it. So there's nothing wrong with trying things and that's how you figure out like who you need on your team and what you can outsource and what you should be doing yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Same thing here, like trying different things. Oh, I like this. Mm, I don't know about that. For I love it. So, it's so you work, than we think. So you help people not just build their business, but a lot of the mindset stuff around it. What are some things like that you see come up a lot for people? 
Yeah, that's, that's good. Mm-hmm. I feel like a fear of selling your product or service is one that I see a lot. Um, and I think it's this deeply rooted belief that uh, at least in my clients, they're afraid to sell um, whatever their product or service is because they feel like the people who need it can't afford it. And so they're very impact driven and how do they manage this? And for me, like my why is impact. So my goal is to build a billion dollar company so that I can funnel billions of dollars into causes that I'm passionate about and really make a difference on the world. And my goal is to help other women make money and build wealth so that they can do the same. And I don't want that to sound intimidating because not everyone has to have a billion dollar business. Maybe your goal is to have a six figure business so that you can get your family out of debt. That's freaking awesome. My number one goal is my family first. Take care of my family, take care of my community. And once I'm able to do those things, then I want to expand to um, other causes that I'm really passionate about. And so um, I try to explain to my clients that in business, there's like two channels for impact. So the one channel is like in your business in the actual work you do and the other channels outside of your business with the money you make, money is a tool for impact. So if they want to have the greatest impact on these people who really need their services, there's two ways they can do that in their business or outside of their business. But either way, at the end of the day, like the greatest impact for me is, is with money because, and, and I give this example, one of my potential clients, we were on a call and we were talking about her service and she wanted to help um, with financial health, especially in communities where there was a lot of poverty and they really didn't know much about finances and she really wanted to teach them. So I'm like, great. And she had the same problem. She's like, I can't serve this community uh, because they can't afford what I'm going to charge. And my business will never be successful if I charge what they can afford. So I'm like, okay, well, what's your why? And of course, her why is you know, as much impact as possible. So I'm like, okay, how can you have that impact? And she's like, well, maybe I could you know, offer 20 hours a week to like clients um, who are in different financial situations who still need my guidance and then use that to funnel it into giving 20 hours a week for free to these like people who need it. And I'm like, wow, that's really great. And I'm like, do you think you could have like an even greater impact than that ever? And she's like, sure, I guess if there was like a me in every city or a me in every community that needed me. And I'm like, great. How do you think you could do that? She's like, well, with more money. And I'm like, great. How do you think you can make more money? She's like, by growing my business. And I'm like, and who's going to, how are you going to grow your business? By people paying for the product or service. So then I explained to her that if she could build a million dollar business, imagine the impact she could have in those communities. You know, let's say you build a $10 million company and you profit $7 million a year. What can you do with $7 million a year in those communities that really need it? You could fund college scholarships for those students. You could hire people to go out and do one-on-one coaching. You could do so many things. Uh, for the people who really need it. Um, And so just like reframing that. And then the other thing in terms of the impact inside your business, which I think is equally as important because most of my clients and probably most of your listeners just based on the podcast, they're purpose-driven. Like they have a passion and that's what they're pursuing. And so I think this understanding that your impact really comes when someone spends money and makes an investment. And, and I know this from my programs on my most lowest ticket programs that I've had in the past, people are not that invested. It's like yeah. if you download a bunch of freebies um, from Facebook ads, like you quickly glance at them. But if you spend $1,000 on that freebie, you're going to read every word 10 times. Yeah. So there's also this transformative power in the fact that they made a purchase. And so understanding that also helps 
overcome that belief that like they shouldn't be charging or they're charging too much. And finally, the third thing that I think really helps with that inside your business is increasing the value. Like if you really think your product is awesome and something that I like to say is, you know, how can you make your product or service 10 times as valuable as they're paying? So like if you have something for a thousand dollars, how can you make it worth 10,000? Like what can you do? And that really gets you to think about like, how can I give them the best value ever? And then you feel so aligned because it's like, yeah, maybe I'm charging a thousand dollars for this thing, but it is so valuable. They're going to take so much away. It's going to be the best thing ever for them. And when Mm -hmm. you really feel that way, you lose that fear. So there's a lot of different ways to think about it. But that is one of the problems I see come up the most for my clients. They just have this fear of like talking to people about what they sell, selling in any way. And it it has nothing to do with sales. It's all about their mindset and, and, and the approach of what sales means to them because of stories and experiences they may have had as a child or even more recently, like in the business world, there's lots of dirty sales tactics as we talked about earlier. And so if they see them all the time, like they associate sales with that and not the way that they could authentically sell just to help people. Yeah, that makes so much sense. What are some ways like that people can add more value to something that they have? Like how yeah, you're saying like, I love that. So I always try to ask myself like what's the way that I can add value without taking up too much of my time where I start to resent it. Cause I don't know about you, but there are times in the past <laughs> yes. where like, I've said yes to things and I'm like, this is not worth this amount of money. Like, why am I giving all this? So I try to think about like scalable ways. Like, um, for example, for my program, we decided to launch, um, a like lower ticket, version of what we already do. Um, and we're going to have a certified coach doing one-on-one calls instead of me doing them. So, and for me, it's like, I already have a team. So someone on my team can just, you know, get trained and do those calls and we're giving value, but it's not my time. Mm -hmm. Or like, maybe I'm going to record a free content call once a month that goes out to all my clients, which is something I do where like, that's one call I have to record that goes out to everyone. So everyone gets a ton of value or even better, something like we send a book every month to every single one of our clients, like a book that I think is awesome and can be really impactful. And Mm -hmm. so that's an example of something where that doesn't take me any time. Like maybe it took me like a one hour session with my integrator to plan what books I wanted to send. And now we have an intern that like actually goes on Amazon and ships them. So there's a lot of things you can do that don't necessarily require your time and don't require a lot of money. Like a book is $10. Like, and, and if your clients are paying you thousands of dollars, that's really awesome. And that's going to add a ton of value. Um, So those are some of the ways. And I also just think like showing up for them and their needs and surveying them. Like I get on feedback calls with my clients often and I'm like, how is this program serving you? What can be improved? And like, I'm hungry for improvement. And of course, like, you know, I can't give hours and hours and hours of my time every week to every client one-on-one because it just wouldn't be uh, possible. But a lot of times their feedback is something that's like really easy to change. Like, oh, that time of that call doesn't work for me. Could I change my time? Absolutely. You can change your time. What time works for you? Let's make it work. And it's just like simple things like that go a really long way. You just have to ask and and ask yourself that question of how can I use my time in a way that's going to be really valuable um, for both them and me. And if you can approach it from that mindset, it's like a win-win for everyone. Yeah. I love that. Such good ideas. So much gold up in here. Thanks. I, I, fun. Yeah, I know. Cause it's, a, it's definitely, I, I would have to agree with you that that's probably the big thing that a lot of people struggle with sharing their offers, selling and being confident around it. I think that confidence is a huge part of 
selling everything. And, <laughs> yeah, everything. Life. Yes. Yeah. Cause if you're sharing your stuff and you're you're not feeling confident or sounding confident or showing up confident, it's it definitely has an effect. Totally. And then there's this other thing, which I like to unpack in this with pricing, where sometimes my clients tell me, I believe that this thing I'm selling is worth, let's just say, I believe it's worth $2,000. But I also believe that people won't see the worth. So it's like this ladder of believability in terms of not just what do you believe it's worth, but what do you believe people are willing to pay? And in the beginning, when I first started coaching, I thought, well, I'll just tell them like, it is worth that. Like you should charge that. And, and because I know it's worth it. And what I found is that, like you said, with the confidence piece, if they just like have me tell them that it's worth that, but they don't believe it when they show up on a call, um, they're going to do a horrible time job at selling it. Like nobody's yeah. going to buy it. Cause they're going to be like, well, it's priced at this, you know, and yeah. you can hear it in their voice and, and, and the way they communicate. And when they get asked questions about it, it's just obvious. And so instead of teaching that, I actually teach, okay, well, where are you? Where, where what do you feel like people will pay? Because that's how I was able to increase my prices and feel really confident. I started where I was. And then I, as I saw the value and I got the testimonials and, I saw the changes people were making in the transformations. I was like, wow, I think people will pay a little more. And I would like slowly begin to raise my prices based on that. And so every time I changed my price, I actually believed that it was really worth it and that people would pay for it. So I think that that's like really important because just in manifestation, like it's easy to just be like, I want to be here. But if Mm -hmm. you don't actually believe that, like it doesn't matter. It's not going to help you. Yeah. And it's okay to have like little stepping stones for you to build up that belief too. Exactly. It's a good thing. And I think it's not talked about enough. Yeah. Like it's like have these big goals and I always talk about big goals, but at the same time, be where you are. Mm-hmm. Like that's okay. It's it's a good thing. Yeah. I just made a post about that today. Like accept where you are, but still continue going. And like, yeah. I, I always say like when it comes to like the amount of income you want or how much you want to charge for your services, it I feel like it's okay if it stretches you. In fact, you know, it's great to stretch you. Um, but at the same time, be able to actually energetically get behind that belief. Yes. I love that. Yes. And I think that that balance is like, it's like a dance and it's trying to find that balance in all things with mindset. It's, it's, it's like, um, Catherine Zinkino was saying on her podcast the other day I that love her. Mm-hmm. me too. Um, that like manifestation in general, like is ironic. Like everything is, um, like opposite itself. And that's like the magic in it. It's a paradox. That's what she was saying. So it's like, you're, you're trying to have that balance of like accepting where you are and, and being happy with that while also striving for more at the same exact time in the same exact moment, mm-hmm. which is so complex for a lot of us. But once you're able to master that, it's like everything just clicks. Yeah. And you start to get into more flow. Yes. Which is the most amazing thing ever. Yes. 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 It's like that balance of surrendering and holding the vibration of what you want, allowing it to come to you in whatever way it does. It's definitely a practice. Yes. So do you, a worthwhile, life-changing practice. Yeah. Do you teach a lot of manifestation tools for, with your people too? I'm sure you probably I do. do. A lot of my clients, 
um, don't really know much about man like because they're so like caught up in like entrepreneurship hustle and they come to me like what are the steps I need to hit six figures wow. and I'm like slow down like and I feel like I open their eyes up to this new world of it's really not about that and yeah. and it's it's just so eye-opening for them because they didn't even know that this stuff was possible. And then when they start, like one of my clients told me today, it was like such an awesome feeling. She was like, yeah. So I like told myself that it was going to be hard. Cause one of the things I talk about, like it's this balance of like, it's supposed to be easy and inflow and all these things. But I, I also think like building a business is hard. Like I was saying with like hard work, like it mm-hmm. is commitment every day. You do have to get back up when you fall. Like it's fucking hard. Like let's be honest about it. Um, rather than like, like those sales, you know, ads that you see on Instagram where it's like, you can have a million dollar business overnight. Like I do believe Not that. Overnight. Had, right. Like maybe <laughs> if you had the belief True. and like truly, like I truly believe you can, you can create possible. anything. Yes. But for the most part, most of us don't have that. We don't have the experiences. We don't have the lessons. It's just not how it works. And so, um, anyways, she told me that, you know, I had told myself like, this is going to be a hard month. And I'm going to get through it. Like every time I fall, I'm going to pick myself back up. And then all of a sudden, everything just came to me easy. And I was like, that's how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be easy. But she told herself that it was going to be hard. Yeah. Just like preparing herself for like, in the sense of the word hard, because I really teach my clients like not to work too much and like set strict working hours and all these things. So in the sense of the word hard for her, I think it meant like getting rejection and getting back up yeah. every time and brushing it off. And she was like, she kept telling herself like, I have to put my big girl pants on. Like every uh-huh. time I face failure, like I'm going to wear my big girl pants this month. Mm-hmm. And then everything just flowed to her. And I was like, that's exactly how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And it just feels natural and authentic. But if you've never experienced that, you don't even how can you, it's like, it's like relationships. Like if you were in a relationship, I don't know, in high school with someone and it was like an average relationship, but you thought that was like all that there is. And then, you know, you fall in love again and you're like, wow, it's so much better. Like, how can you imagine something you've never experienced? You really can't. So if you haven't been in flow, how Mm -hmm. would you know what it's supposed to be like? Yeah. And it's really magical when you are. (laughs) It is. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's interesting because it is definitely like that that learning game, the balance game, the surrendering, the deciding that you know what, no matter what, I'm gonna keep going. Yes. No matter what, I'm just yes. I'm gonna be fine. Yes. I don't yes. need this to happen to make me happy. I'm already happy and I'm making it happen. Yes. And so many times I've like made a decision about something, like I like letting go of the how. Um, whether it be like, okay, I'm I'm gonna like I'm going to do X, Y, Z thing to be able to make the, this, you know, credit card payment this month, or I'm going to, um, just totally let go. And if I don't close this client that, you know, they're not the right fit for me or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden it's like with the credit card payment thing, like I got to check in the mail the next day. And I'm like, I wasn't supposed to get this check for weeks. Like it's like those moments, but it's only because you surrender the how, and it's only because you let go and accept that like, it's fine. I'm, this is fine no matter what, then mm-hmm. it comes. It's so cool. Yeah, it's, it definitely is. What are your best manifestation tips? Oh, best manifestation tips. Um, so I think daily practice is really important. Like I think that some people think manifestation is this like, 
I don't know, like thing that you just do and then it just happens, but it's really like habits. So mm-hmm. for me, um, first of all, start, morning routine is huge. So like I start my day reading every morning, personal development, um, manifestation, sometimes business strategy, not too often though, because some of those books are heavy in the morning. Yeah. Um, and I always visualize and I always say affirmations in the shower. Um, and I, I really try to focus on the beliefs that I know are holding me back. And and it's I think it's easy to kind of see what they are because they start to come up over and over and over again. And you're like, okay, like this hard work thing or this, like now my current belief that I'm working through is a fear of success, which I never thought I would have, but it, well, it's a fear of, a fear of losing the success I've built. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'll never, I would hear about that on podcasts and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, I'll never have that. Like, but like, finally I've hit my goals and now I'm like, holy shit, what happens next? And, and it's like all these fears that are coming up. So I do a lot of affirmations around like whatever limiting beliefs have come up. I like to think of them more as blocks and limiting beliefs because I can physically picture that like it's movable. Like I literally picture that I'm driving and there's a cone in the road and I... Mm put my car in park, I get up and I move the cone. And like every morning when I'm trying to work through something, that's what I picture. And it really helps me to like truly believe that I have a choice and I can just move this cone. Yeah. And, and it, it it's, takes time. You know, like it's not just like you say affirmations for a day yeah. and, they, and they come, but I like to make... Um, manifestation really physical in the 3D world. So I do things like, for example, I just post this on Instagram, but two years ago, um, my mom bought my fiance and I, who was at the time my boyfriend, um, this bottle of wine for Valentine's Day. And it was called Humble Pie. And she bought it for us because um, Richie, my fiance, whenever someone's like really cocky, he always makes that joke, like they need to eat some humble pie. And she was like, Oh, this Mm. wine reminded me of you guys. And so we got the wine and I immediately started to think like, when will I need humble pie? And I asked Richie and we decided that the day that we moved into our first home, we would want to, we would need humble pie. So then like I marked that wine bottle as like the wine we were going to drink when we bought our first house. And so that's like an example of like, and we just moved into our house, like literally a week ago. So we just had it. And like, it was so cool to like, see something that like set some kind of physical 3D thing for like what I was going to do when I manifest the goal. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, we've been working so hard for this. And, you know, of course, like with house buying process specifically, it's like, it's just this magic because when are you going to find the right one and the right place and all these things have to add up. Um, And so I really found that to be magic. And like for my 2020 goals, um, my integrator and I have like planned a trip of where we're going to go when we hit our goal. And like things like that, I think have been really helpful for me to make manifestation more um, 3d in a sense. So I can mm-hmm. like see it cause I'm a very tangible person. So having yeah. things like I'm going to do this when I get this, because then that's what I visualize. And then yeah. like, I, I'm visualizing this trip I'm going on mm-hmm. and like, I'm watching videos on it. And I'm like, you know, all the things looking up flights. Like I do a lot of like things in 3d reality to help my mind manifest. Like Mm -hmm. I I always write myself checks, like, you know, the whole thing, like, and every time I've written a check for, um, like cash flow, money flow into my business for the next month, like, I feel like I always manifest it. And of course I do, I do write these checks that are believable, right? Like they're, they push me, but I'm not going to write a million dollar check for one month's revenue tomorrow because I'm just not there yet. And I'm, (laughs) you know, so because I like trust the process and understand, I, I, I think that in the beginning, when I first got into manifestation, I didn't get that. 
Like I wanted the thing overnight and I was like, why can't I manifest it? But now I'm very much like, okay, what's next? And how am I going to make this real? And, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and so those kind of tangible items in my life and things that I look forward to and kind of put in, even if it's like booking a flight for something like before you're kind of planned on going or I I remember like booking last year was when I really wanted to go all in on speaking and I wanted to like travel a lot more. I had had spoken a lot locally, but I wanted to like travel across the country and speak. And so I remember like booking a hair appointment to get my hair highlighted, like right before I was going to go to my first speech. And like, I had just like set a date and was like, that's when I'm going to go. And like it happened. So it's like doing those things I think have been really a fun way to manifest and, um, help my mind dream. Yeah. I love it. I, that's, I agree because I always like, whenever I focus on what I'm going to do with the financial abundance, I call in, yes, yes. it, it makes it more exciting. Yes. And even at the like end of the showing... day, we want to do something or experience something. Yes. I love it. Even like for me, I feel like I'm showing the universe that I'm responsible. Like it doesn't matter like necessarily how I'm spending the money, but like if I, both in my business and my personal life, like if I have a goal to bring in like X dollars, then I'm going to map out like what I'm going to do with it. So like I prove like, I know how to manage this and I know what I'm going to do with it. It doesn't matter actually what I'm going to do with it necessarily. I think what matters the most is that like, I know how I'm allocating it. I know where it's going. It's not just like, Oh crap, we just need all this money. What the heck should we do with it? Like I have a plan and I think putting that out there, like I really believe that the universe is listening and it's like, okay, Jacqueline, I see that you made a plan. I see that you want to manifest this money and it looks like you have a great plan. Let's do it. Or if my plan's not good, that's when the lesson comes. Like, girl, you don't have enough savings in your business. Boom, you're going to get a big unexpected bill. And then I look at that just as a lesson. Like, okay, clearly... I need to build up my savings. So like that was one of my 2020 goals is to have like six months expenses in a business savings account because Mm -hmm. I really have seen a lot of unexpected expenses. And when I don't plan for that, it's just another lesson. So it's like, even if you're like trying to send the universe a sign and then you get one back, it's usually just another lesson to prepare you for the manifesting. Mm -hmm. So I think like listening to the lessons has also been another good tip. Like if you don't listen, then you just keep getting them over and over and over again and they get worse and worse and worse. Yes. There's something that I always say, um, the faster you learn the lessons, the faster you make the shifts. Oh, so good. I love that. I love that. Because I got... I get tired of the lessons continuing to come if I don't like pay attention to them. I know. I'm like, I already know this. Why are you telling (laughs) me? It's like, oh, clearly I didn't change. Like I know it. Yeah. Knowing it's a totally different thing than living it. Mm Mm-hmm. Than embodying it. You're so right. Yes. So good. This was so good. Thank you so much for sharing so many different things. Are there any last words of wisdom, words of advice, words of love that you would like to share? before we wrap it up? Yeah. So I truly believe that if you're listening to this specific episode, you were meant to listen. There was something in here that you were meant to hear. Um, So I just want to say like, if there's been something on your heart that, you know, you've been wanting to take action on, or you've been wanting to manifest or something's just kind of been on your mind this episode, like here's your sign to freaking do it. Mm -hmm. I'm all about taking the action and just like showing up and, and get out of your own head and do it. So if you're waiting for your sign, this is it. I want you to do it. And if you did do something, like let me know what it was, even if it's a small step, like I would love to hear about it. So good. I love those words. Encouragement. (laughs) So important. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been such an honor and I'm so excited to connect with 
some of the listeners. Yes. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your magic. So good. So much magic in this room. I love it. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day. Thank you.